That's the kid from Ruth? I think so. <laughs> they are almost a tragedy up there. Country folk that are learned can be dangerous. Anyone can be dangerous. Remind me to tell you later about Dunwich. Dunwich? Dunwich. Yeah, I've read the file. We'll talk about it later. Uh, this gives us some more names and intel on the Grove. I've got them cataloged. Should we set Ross up with Inez? Lad seems like he needs some support. Good call. She helped Rowan, and Rowan has asked for more auxiliary support for agents. Again, that's why they're one of our best teams. Hmm. Now, if we can get them to tell us what they didn't tell us that was part of that NDA, that would be stellar. NDA? People still abide by those? Give them the order to cough it up. <laughs> Not these two. They are holding to their oaths and bindings. Hmm. Yeah, hmm. Yeah. Here's the concurrent file to Roosters. Oh, it's Rowan's. I don't like that it begins with, I may have made a mistake. You're listening to The Redacted Reports, a Delta Green podcast. We're not done yet. I'm so fucking done with you. Stay down. Agent Weber's body falls within its own silhouette. Rowan, you see his body and just strings and ribbons of flesh and tiny bits of bone where a very important part of his body should be. His head is missing. He lies in a pool of blood and you take in the image and what just occurred. A migraine is starting to form behind your left eye. You feeling it's starting to twitch, and then the pressure begins to grow. It feels as though that your eyeball wishes to eject from your head involuntarily. Kind of like what you just did to someone else. Now, because of the severity of this action, you are going to lose one point of power. This is not a temporary loss, this is a permanent loss. You may be able to regain it in the future through various things, but right now it's down. What is it down to now, please? It is now uh, 11.55. Okay. Now with this action, this is going to fall underneath committing an act of violence. Now, normally this would appear as a act of violence or an act of unnatural. So. 
We're going to say this is unnatural violence. So this will not allow you to become acclimated to violence, but we are still going to look at the sanity loss on that chart. So go ahead and give me a sanity roll, please. Youch. That's a 98 out of 69. Ooh, nice. Not as bad as it could have been. No, but no. Bad. It was that was close to being really bad. You are going to experience a sanity loss here. You're going to lose one die six, please. That's three. A three. Okay. You do suffer three sanity loss. You can choose to pass it off to a bond if you like, or just suck it up because of the horrible thing that you've done. I think I'm going to keep it because right at this moment, I'm so scrambled and so horrified that I can't even think about anyone outside of this room at this moment. I think that's valid. Rowan, you find yourself leaning against the door jam involuntarily. There are lights on in the home. It's a large open floor plan cabin where the, the kitchen, the living room, and even the bedroom are without walls. It's like a giant efficiency, if you will. There is, you can do see there is a door, which you can presume is to the bathroom with the door slightly open. You see that there is a mirrored vanity just beyond in your current line of sight. There is a computer set up and you see that there are four or five televisions that are currently on and some of them have thermographic and another one has night vision sight, if you will. So that's how we saw you. That makes sense. I'm going to cast around and look for sunglasses or anything like that to just try and try to pull one of the forks out that is causing this massive migraine. Try to ease it a little bit. Go ahead and give me a luck roll. Let's see if you can find a pair. 47. Thank God. You are able to find a pair of wraparound Oakley glasses, uh, DOT issued Oakley glasses. They're pretty nice. They are pretty dark as well. Good. So it does help some, but your vision is certainly obscured, even though you can see pretty well in the dark with it kind of, it's almost like having a blindfold over your eyes. Honestly, with all that I've just seen, I think I'm okay with that for the moment. Um, I'm gonna take stock and realize just how much I'm bleeding and how hurt I actually am now that the adrenaline is settling and go looking for a first aid kit or barring that, you know, massive amounts of antibiotic ointment and a torn up sheet. Well, you don't need to use the torn up sheet, but you do find a first aid kit. You find a lot of triple antibiotic gel and quite a bit of gauze. Your hands are shaking nearly uncontrollably. It takes a lot of willpower to stop them and shaking just for a short moment in time. There's a few moments where you drop the gauze and drop whatever you're holding. The adrenaline's coming down and you're feeling that. You get yourself wrapped up and you realize that you are going to need a real good deep clean. You have at least six puncture wounds in various points of your body, none very deep. But considering the circumstances, that might just make it even worse with the infections. And my face is gashed open. Yeah, you've got a nice little slice on your cheek from where a bullet had grazed you. 
once I'm as once I've done as much for myself as I think that I can, even with the handshaking and everything, I'm gonna look for the phone. Because I remember him mentioning a phone number to the people in the trailers. You do see that there is a cell phone currently sitting there. There is not a landline or a home phone. That's gonna have to do. Grab it, and for a second my mind just goes completely blank when I'm trying to remember the office phone. And then pull the, the the numbers as best as I can to try and Sam is the only number that I can think of right now. Give me another luck roll. Let's see if he left his phone unlocked. Oh boy. Uh, 42. Alright. Hey, life, the universe, and everything. Yes. Universe is looking after you. At the moment. <laughs> his phone is currently unlocked. Oh, thank you. Horrible op security. Well, he was overconfident. So I'm going to call the office number for the office that Sam and I share. Special Agent Sam Point. Oh, thank fuck. Sam, it's me. It's it's redacted. Oh, all right. Hey, you doing okay? What's this number? Why is this number showing... Hmm. All right. This is not a particularly secure line, I don't think. I'm really... I'm not, I'm, fuck. God damn it. I'm really badly hurt. All right. Uh. And I'm stuck. My, my, my car has been taken apart by assholes and I have a lot to tell you, but right now I need to get the fuck out of here. All right. Okay. Um, it looks like you're on a cell phone, right? Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's the, the, the coordinates for that cabin. Do you remember? Yeah. Yeah, I do, but do me a favor. He goes and gives you a couple instructions on what to do on the phone. Sends you to a point on the phone with location. Um, all right, cool, we got that. So we're going to... Give me give me a moment. I'm going to put you on hold. Don't go away, okay? I'm not going anywhere. Nah, fuck it, I'm not putting you on hold. Just going to put you down. Okay. You hear him talking on the other line, cursing about picking... You know, come on, goddammit, pick it up, pick up, pick up, pick up. And he's talking to someone, and he comes back. Are you still there? I'm here. Okay. Uh, triage, are, do, is this life-threatening? Uh, not immediately. Okay. okay. Are you ambulatory? Can you move? I'm ambulatory. All right. Weber's vehicle is here. Fuck. Okay. 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 I'm even more ambulatory than I thought I was. I have a vehicle. Okay, good. I, mm, I can drive if I have to. I'm really badly hurt. I don't know if I should. All right. Well, let's let's get somebody out. Uh, I've got somebody coming out from the town. Um, they said they're it's a it's a volunteer ambulance, but I've got them coming out. Their local local PD should be coming out as well. ETA. Sorry, kiddo. Half hour. It's okay. I can. <sighs> that that the yeah that's okay. I can I can make it that long. All right. He then goes through a checklist of different items, just making sure and just kind of talking to you to keep you talking. Mm-hmm. Also to make sure that you are, you know, looking yourself over properly, basically starting at your toes and working your way up and, you know, making notes of what's going on and where on your body, what type of injuries you might have. I will, while, while I'm talking to him, there's a body out in front of the door. Mm-hmm. 
There's a headless body out. Uh, sorry, this is player to handler. Uh, there's a there's a headless body in front of the door, and I really don't want to inflict that on a volunteer ambulance crew. So I I want to see if I can like roll the body with like a stick or something, or in my hands, I don't care, and drop it in one of the pit traps. You do see that there is a shovel. Oh good. He has done a lot of digging in the past week. And there is the marine e-tool as well. So you've got quite a few options. E-tool's not very long. No, it's an it's something emergency. Though. Yeah. I do want to start rolling the body or dragging the body as much as I can and drop it in one of the pit traps. And then it's just, oh, he fell into a trap of his own making or something. I don't know. I My brain is so scrambled. I just know that I can't have the body sitting there when the ambulance gets there. You push the body into a into an exposed pit, making sure that there are not any more Claymore mines. You, it looks as though that they all might have gone off during that time period. I'm hopeful that the explosions also scared the locals off or made them think that I was dead, because I do not have the energy to deal with them. What seems like eternity, but was only 20 minutes, you see red and blue lights. About two or three vehicles, and you see one, two, three black SUVs. Oh no. I'm gonna go and sit on the porch, just sit there waiting. The three of them pull up quickly, and the doors open, and you see that there are four people per vehicle, dressed in similar suits, government similar tailored suits. They all have their badges out on their chest pocket. Some have them around their neck. They all have their hands on their hips, and you recognize typical FBI movement. Hmm. One of them starts to make an approach toward you with the others backing you up. You notice that they've kind of stayed in a, a little bit more defensive position near the vehicles, using the vehicles as cover. I'm sitting on the porch. I imagine he has like a chair or something out there. Yeah, he actually has quite a few Adirondack style chairs there. Oh, lovely. I'm sitting in one of those, my hands open and showing that I'm not armed, just too tired to get up. Also, definitely not taking the sunglasses off because there's just too much light. Please identify yourself. Special Agent Redacted, based out of the Sacramento office. He speaks into a small microphone on his lapel. Where's Weber? Not here. Where did he go? Not sure. We're going to sit around chin-wagging while I'm still dealing with, with a fairly serious bleed. Looks up and down. Nope. Come on, let's, um, uh, can you stand up? I think so. You go to stand up in that Adirondack chair, which is a deep-seated chair. Yeah. And your arms just don't have the power behind them. I do try and then, like, flop back and my head goes back as I stare up at the ceiling. Nope, apparently not. All right, Special Agent, well, let's... We're, uh, both of us are going to come up here, and we're going to assist uh, assist you here. That would be appreciated. Thank you. That FBI agent and another walk up and then help you stand. The other one, the other FBI agents are looking around at the area, and you see one of them is looking at the massive blood trail from where Weber was relieved of his cranium that leads directly to a spike pit. Looks down looks back at you and 
starts to walk toward the spike pit with Weber. I don't do anything to stop them. Anything that I do to try to stop them is going to look really suspicious. And the man has been relieved of his head. Most identifying features go with that, except fingerprints. A moment or so later, you hear the sound of a helicopter. There is no real good place for landing for a helicopter here. The trees and the canopy is much too tight to land a helicopter, but you do see a large spotlight begin to comb the area. They open up the back door to the SUV and help you in, and do you need to lay down? I might. Let me try sitting and see how I do. The FBI agents start the process. They start to interview you while you're here. Nothing tricky about their questions. It's not as though that they are trying to get you to say things or to admit to any wrongdoing. I'm still very closed-mouthed about everything because I am in so much pain and my brain is so scrambled that I don't want to risk saying anything. Especially because A, how the fuck did the FBI get here so quickly? B, I don't know how much they know about Delta Green, if anything, and I don't want to give any of that away. You hear some commotion outside, away from your view, as they find Weber's body in the pit. Asia Redacted, do you have any identification on you? No, it all got taken off of me by people in the trailer, trailers over there. Okay. What was your, your connection with them? I was stopping in to ask directions. And I guess something I did spooked them and they thought I was an alien or something. I don't know. They're crack jobs. Stuck me in a dog kennel up there. Ooh. All right. Well, let's get you out of here and get you to get you to some uh, medical facility. Yeah, I'd, I'd appreciate that. I mean, if you need my badge number to look it up, I can. I, I think I remember that right now. Oh, no, that's OK. We found it. You found my badge? Yep. Where? In their camp. Oh, you went up there. Uh, one of our teams is there. We'll actually be stopping by there on our way out, so this way we can uh, give that to you. I appreciate it. You're quite welcome. All right, buckle up, if you can. I'll, I'll put the seatbelt on and then go, oh, that hurts. Okay. The two agents in the car don't talk much but drive you back to that oddball set of camp where you see there are three other SUVs there. And you see there are your five friends currently lying face down with their arms zip tied behind them. Still bright lights here. You pull up and an agent that is there that's uh, not processing them, but taking in uh, evidence comes starts to walk toward the car. Go ahead and give me an intelligence roll. Uh, 29 out of 70. This guy looks familiar. Can I squint and look at him? Roll the window down a little bit so that I can get a better view. He walks toward you and you see that he has your badge wallet in his hand. Oh, Agent Redacted. Hi. Looks like you've, you've seen some better days and he hands it to you. When you get close, it hits you. This is the DEA agent that arrested Alexia Preston. I'll take my badge, looking at him, kind of, you're not FBI. Oh, yeah. Yes, I am. Sorry. Um, yeah, no, yeah, I'm it, Agent Special Agent Matthew Murphy. Uh, pleasure to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. Sorry, I, I 
thought I'd seen you before, somewhere before. Yeah, we all cross paths, you know, every once in a while. Yeah, I guess it works out like that sometimes. Run into people in all sorts of weird places, from the from the forest to the desert. When you take the wallet out of his hand, his hand seems to extend with it as you see something in your periphery. In the side mirror, you see something move quickly. It seems as though that it is a sharp, many different angles, but it's a beast of sorts. You're holding on to the wallet and his hand detaches from his body and the rest of him disappears and his hand follows. I don't scream. Others do. But I definitely consider it for a second as I'm just sitting there holding my wallet and be like, the hound. That's what that has to be. I've gotten to th- I've gotten to that place where there is no more fear, just kind of numbness of just like, oh. Go ahead and give me another sanity roll. Yeah. <laughs> uh, forty-five out of sixty-six. Okay, so you are going to suffer one more point. You hold on to your shit pretty well. Others are not, and the curly-haired woman on the ground that saw this, uh, that woman named Juniper, begins to giggle. Illuminati confirmed. Look, they took him too. I glance at her and then ignore her because that is not, what she's saying is not useful at the moment. I'm going to, against my better judgment, lean a little bit to look at the mirror. You see the beast licking its lips in the reflection of the mirror which is reflecting the glass of one of the other vehicles. It sniffs around, and then you see it lope off into a further distance until it's out of sight. The other FBI agents are freaking out, presumably. One would assume that is a perfectly reasonable response. I'm still just kind of frozen with my wallet in both hands. And finally just exhale slowly and stick it into one of my very ragged pockets at this point. Okay. It's been a weird night. You don't say. It's been a weird, like, 48 hours, but tonight is, like, the weird one. The two FBI agents that are driving look at you. Uh, what did you just see? Says the driver. Uh, I was taking my wallet from Agent Murphy, and then he disappeared. Where did he go? I have no idea. Which is the God's honest truth. (laughs) Good. Agent, if you know what's best for you, you want to forget about the things that you saw here today. Do you know more about all of that? I'm not at liberty to say at the moment. Let's just say that there are things out there that people shouldn't know about, but we learn about. Just relax. You received your your identification. You realize now that you've been driving for a few minutes. Oh. So now it's just me and the two people in the front seat? Yes. Sorry, I didn't catch your names. Uh, That's right, we didn't give them at the moment. We're going to get you to the medical center. Appreciate it. I suspect some of these are going to get infected pretty quickly. Yeah, we don't want that to happen. And it seems, though, that, you know, with your bloodshot eyes, it seems, though, that you might have sustained some, some head trauma. You know, can't trust what you see or what you hear after a traumatic brain injury, right? Sure, let's go with that. 
It takes you 45 minutes to get to town. Do they talk much during that time? No. They talk to each other very quietly and you try to listen in, but you have, you still have so much tinnitus and ringing in your ears from the mines that had gone off. And the migraine that's going on. And the and headache that you have. Yeah, everything together. The only reason why you knew how long it took is because you happened to look at the time when you left and when you arrived. On the drive down, I'm just sort of curled in on myself, trying to reduce the amount of bumping that happens with this rough logging road, but thinking as hard as I can about what I just saw and what this means. I don't have their names, but I know what they look like, at least, so I can, I'm storing everything that I can while pushing past all of this, oh my god, everything hurts, and it's so hard to think. When you pull into the regional medical center, they take you into the emergency room area. The two agents assist and help you get transferred into a wheelchair as some of the emergency room staff wheel you into the back um, as people are triaging and asking all of the, the usual questions that get asked during emergency room sessions. And I do tell them enough about what happened that they can make intelligent medical decisions, including the fact that I fell into a pit trap with human feces on the spikes. After you get cleaned up and squared away, a nurse comes in with a cordless phone. Ms. Redacted, um, are you able to take a, a, a phone call from uh, Sam Point? Absolutely. And she hands you a phone. Put it to my ear. Sam. Hey, good to hear your voice. Good to hear yours. So. Who are those two that were in the car with me? I'm going to ask you the same question because there was already a team en route to you and to that location. I don't know. They wouldn't give me their names. Great. Sam, I, 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 saw, I saw the beast. That's not good. Is it following you? I don't know. I don't think so. Because it, it grabbed someone. It grabbed... You remember I told you about the Alexei Preston? You know, it's just your, it's just you having, you know, a nasty migraine and some shock from being kidnapped. Um, you know what? When you get back, we'll, we'll, we'll get some Chinese food. You'll be okay. Just trust in the docs. We'll talk soon. Damn it. Why does this line seem like it's not right? Rowan swears at herself internally because, God damn it, she knows that. She knows not to trust lines. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Sorry. Ramblings. I, I'm doing better, but my head is still, like, about to explode. All right, well, take care of yourself. God damn it. I'll see you in the morning. I'll be home as soon as I can. Oh, no. I'll see you in the morning. I'll see you then. Where are my fucking boots? And he hangs up. Lay there for a minute, the cordless phone on my chest, just staring at the ceiling. <sighs> what have you gone and stepped in this time? You end up spending the night in the emergency room. They've cleaned you up. You've been prescribed antibiotics. They've butterflied the slash on your face. It wasn't deep enough for stitches. It's going to leave a little bit of a scar, what the, what the doc said. But if you are conscious about it, then, you know, maybe you might want to seek a plastic surgeon consultation. 
they might be able to get rid of it, but it shouldn't be too bad. Eh, that's all right. The ladies love scars. And glorious forever. Am I able to get anything for the migraine to try and help that go away? Or oh, yeah. is that there the rest of the night? Um, the medication that they give you does not touch the migraine. Cool. And when you make mention of that to the doc and they offer additional medications, you decline on the fact of you're now leaning into some very heavy narcotics that you don't necessarily want to get involved in, even once or twice. And for me, I very specifically don't want to have anything that will have me losing control because, uh, I still don't know what all I can do mentally, and this is a bad place to lose control. Most definitely. So, put the pillow over my face and just lay there trying to will the hours away. Oh, uh, at some point during the night, I do call my dad to tell him, I'm hurt, but I'm okay. I'm being taken care of. I'll fill you in more when I get home. Okay. I trust you. Let me know when you get home. I will. Right away. I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell your mom that you're okay. Y yes. Please just tell her that I'm, that I'm good and not, not the rest of it. I am getting good medical care. All right. His voice breaks up a little bit. I'm sorry, dad. It's the job, but you're okay. We'll talk I'm soon. Okay. Yeah. Love you. Love you too. Morning comes around and you hear the sound of boots walking by your ER bay. Definitely a different sound than the sneakers and the movement in a typical emergency room. The curtain pulls back a little bit and you see Sam poke his head in. Are you decent-ish? Am I ever? I'm physically covered. Come on in. All right. He opens up and steps inside. All right. Look at you. Yeah, let's not. You look like a can of smashed assholes. That's about how I feel, too. Yeah. And the migraine is legendary. All right. Oh, that looks like that's going to be a nice little scar on your face there. Trying to be Al Pacino and, uh, and a Cuban gangster? <laughs> Well, you know, if, uh, if I'm going to live the rough and wild life, I might as well have uh, the, the scars for the chicks to dig. Right. And Rowan does actually, like, all instinctively reach up as if to touch the wound and then pulls her hand away immediately. Yeah, don't go poking that. That's going to hurt. It's going to hurt, and I'm already on good antibiotics. I do not need to add more. Yeah. You got up here pretty quick. Yeah, I drove. Apparently a car's been impounded by the FBI. The, uh... The wheels were all pulled, the battery pulled. <laughs> Fucking conspiracy nuts. Oh, uh, but is it really a conspiracy and are they really nuts or are we the weirdos? Oh, I think you know the answer to that one. You weirdo, I'm like Gonzo, baby. They had... I'll kind of lower my voice and look around. Uh, they had something that knocked me unconscious. Oh. Because brain shenanigans. All right. They thought it was because I'm an alien. Wouldn't listen when I said, no, I'm not an alien. I'm just a human with a couple extra weird shit. So apparently I was, well, I was able to get a glimpse at what was cataloged. I haven't seen the actual evidence yet, but the FBI pulled both your standard and your backup. Uh, the team that was out there that they pulled your, your, your firearm and your backup firearm. Um, they also pulled a couple different IDs. And uh, so the initial team had 
24 people listed for the team that went out. And then when the team that came back, they only had 22, but it's been edited to 22 only. There were two that got nabbed. Were there? I, I don't know. The hound grabbed one of the people, Sam. I saw it. It was right in front of me. Oh. And the people in the front seat of the vehicle that I was in tried very hard to make me think that it was because of a traumatic brain injury. That, of course, I didn't see what I thought I saw. That makes sense, right? Yeah. Oh, totally. We're going to go with that. We're going to go with that. But I really want to know who those two people are because they know more. And I think I may have just had a run-in with the program. Because the guy who got nabbed was the person who arrested Alexia Preston. Oh, he laid hands on Alexia, huh? He did. That's why I think it wasn't after me. I think maybe she's using it to track down the people who did that. So I got two names from information and IDs and a couple uh, personal items that were cataloged. Um, Does the name Debbie Todd mean anything to you? No. No? Okay. Because that was some, apparently they had a whole bunch of items that were listed as Debbie Todd. Maybe they, maybe they picked her wallet and her cell phone and her laptop and her Kindle. So they were doing the deep dive. This, yeah, apparently this, this is what those oddballs out in the forest had. So yeah, it looks like they had picked up a lot of Debbie Todd's things. Uh, got another one here where it seems like they collected a bunch of their stuff. Um... Named Jonathan Powell. Does that ring any bells? Fucking hell. Looks like he's a British expat. Um, We've got an expired visa and a British passport. Sam, do you not remember helping me try to track Jonathan Powell down? Oh, shit. That guy. Yeah, that guy. He's popped up again. Son of a... The question, though, is which one? (laughs) No, no, Uh it's not a question I want to ask. No, I'm done asking some of these questions. Tough shit. (laughs) I I know, I know. Comes with the... Comes with the thing. All right, so the the agents that were on the initial list that I captured before it got edited was uh, Agent Matt Murthy and then uh, Agent Elijah Akizi. Okay, Uh, Matthew was the one that I met. I didn't meet the other one. Okay. I didn't see what happened to them, but... Well, we could we could check it out. When do you think you're going to get released from here? I'm hoping later today. Nothing's bad enough that they need to actually admit me, and they don't like keeping people in ER rooms longer than they have to, according to my mom. Yeah, and looking at you, it looks like you're not, uh... All the arms, all the bits and pieces are there. You just have uh, some extra holes that you didn't have beforehand. Well, you know, gotta gotta catch up with the alien fuckers. Why not? Ooh, look at this one. And he and he gently pokes. If you if you touch, I will kill you. <laughs> oh, that one on your arm. Yeah. What? I don't want to. Nope. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. Um. Has any has anything come down the pike about Weber? Now that they've had some time. It looks like a lot of his information. Uh, has been updated and changed as well. Um, hang on, let me pull something up. And he opens up his phone. Uh, looks like some stuff is being inquired about from what he requested for release, like information, some case files. Do you want me to reach out to him? 
the clone's dead. Okay. And I wasn't able to uh, actually get rid of the body because that was after she kind of just gestures at herself. There was a body? There was a body. Oh, that's not in any notes. Interesting, because I heard them find it. Yeah, there's no... There's I mean, there no... May s- there's no mention of a body at all. No. That's interesting, because I would have expected it to be headless body found working on identification via fingerprints or something. Picks up a finger and squints his eyes. Headless? Also, I can kill you with my mind. I fucking knew that the moment I met you. But headless? Yeah. All right, let's get you... Let's get you out of here. Seems like we're going to have a long conversation on the way home. You up for a drive? Gonna have to be. I mean, shit, we can try to fly back. No, I don't want to deal with pressure changes with... My my head actually feels like it's going to explode. Yeah, let's not do that. Especially if somebody else lost their head already. Hmm. That's, I think, why. We'll talk. You get processed out of the emergency room. You're given typical instructions of clean the wounds, check in with your general provider as soon as you can, schedule follow-ups, all that kind of stuff. As you're taking out your wallet to give them your insurance ID card, you notice the business card has been placed into your wallet. Casually palm it into the bill portion of the billfold, give them my insurance card, get that all processed out, and once I'm away from them, pull out the business card and get a good look at it. There's a phone number listed as well as a name and an email address for a Dr. Michelle Park. Look at it, frowning. Do you know a Dr. Michelle Park? No, is it a is that who you're gonna be following up with? No, look at this. This was in my wallet when I got it back. Oh. Sure you didn't pick it up somewhere and put it in there? I mean, I do that all the time. Especially when people hand me things and they're like, Oh, hey, I'm important. Here's my card. And I look at it go, Oh, yes. I take it in the proper two hands. I look at it for a brief moment, put it in my wallet, and then forget all the fuck about it. No, I remember every time that I pick up a business card, it goes in my Rolodex. That's right. You still have one of those. Yes, I do. I'm old-fashioned in some very weird ways. All right. Watch your head as you get in the car. Thanks, Mom. You're welcome. You get in the car, buckle up. In? Are you in? I'm in. Closes the door. God. Uh, there's no other information on this card? A phone number, an email address, and a name? Yes. Was my phone part of the effects that I got back? No. Fuck. <sighs> I'm gonna have to wait until I get home to follow up on this, because I'm not... I'm not doing anything on Sam's phone. I think it might bite me. On the drive back, a very long drive back, especially with all of the owl, Rowan fills Sam in on everything that happened. Everything from seeing the the, the Weber clone at the gun range all the way through to when the SUVs pulled up. And then tells him everything that happened with the SUVs and everything that she can remember of all of that. She definitely is having to pause as she goes, trying to unscramble memories because her brain is just so borked right now. But she doesn't she doesn't keep anything from him of what happened. 
Although she does kind of glaze over the I can kill you with my brain part. She tells him what happens, but she does she doesn't go into detail. He doesn't dig too deeply into that type of questions. Sam takes you back to your office because there's a little bit of work to be done. And he has a cell phone there available for you. He has a couple. You're the best. I know. Now the question is, is where did I put that SIM card? There we go. All right. Pops in a brand new SIM card and hands it to you. Now, luckily, you can upload your backup from that computer to this phone. So it should be as though nothing has changed, except for when you last backed up, which should have been last time you were in the office. Have you been backing up religiously? Of course I've been backing up religiously. All right. All right. So I'll plug it in and upload the most recent backup. It wasn't from the last time I was in the office, but it was from the day before. Yeah, it was certainly close enough. And that squared away, I'm going to sit down at my computer. And before I handle any of the hundred thousand things that I'm going to have to do with all of the everything, I'm going to put the card in front of me and pick up the phone and call Dr. Michelle Park. Good morning, Dr. Park. This is Special Agent Redacted. I received your card in a rather interesting circumstance, and I wanted to follow up with you and ask you a couple of questions. My phone number is, and I'll give the phone number, or if you prefer, my email is, give that as well. Thank you so much. Click. With that phone call taken care of, I will turn my focus on filling out the forms in triplicate that I have to fill out for my car being impounded, for my badge turning up in weird places, start filling all of that out, start writing down a witness statement of what happened with the people in the trailers, because I suspect someone's going to want that, and I want to get that down as quickly as I can while my memory is still here. When you read the official case file about that little trailer camp, no one was taken into custody. It was found to be vacant, with just the missing people's information. Hey Sam, we got a program cover-up. Yeah? Yep. Pretty sure that's what this is what's going on, because they're saying no one got arrested, and I saw five people on their bellies with zip ties. Isn't that interesting? I wonder where they shuttled them off to. I wonder if it's the same place they shuttled Alexia Preston off to, and why I have Dr. Michelle Park's card in my wallet after it was retrieved from that park. Huh. Too many coincidences. Yeah. You want me to see if I can nail down their uh, their information at all? Please. Alright, do you remember anybody's names? I'll g- give him the rundown of the names that I was given. Alright, I'll get on top of it. I appreciate it. So what are you going to do about um, Alexia Preston? If she- Hey, if... Uh... You think she's the one that controls the, that, that beast, dog, hound thing? I don't even know where to start with that. I mean, she was arrested by the DEA. I saw her. 
Agent Barrett and I were there when that happened. Nothing, no charges have been pressed against her. She was processed at the burn. We got that paperwork, but apparently they released her later that day. I want to follow up on that. I don't know how without being like, Hi, one of the agents that arrested you disappeared and I saw a weird thing in a mirror. What you know? Well, I've got you, nothing else tying it to her. Do you know anybody that's close to her? Mm, not really. I don't think so anyway. I mean, I know that she was friendly with a couple of my agents when we were at the burn, but I don't know if they've kept contact since. Yeah. Missing hamsters and, and whatnot. Misconnections, right? Misconnections, sure. I mean, I can ask them if they've touched base with her at all. You know, looking the way that you do, uh, you had contact with the creature. I mean, I'm not going to say how to do your job, you know, team leader, but maybe get everybody together. Yeah. If she's if she's pulling the hound down on people, this needs to get dealt with. I'm glad you I said was, it. I was willing to let it go when I thought that the program had her, because, I mean, what the hell do you do when the program has someone? But if she's still doing this, this is this needs to get dealt with. Motherfucker. I, I do not have the brain capacity for this right now. But I need to, so here we go. Well... You ever need anything? I'm gonna go go get to work on finding out about some of these people. I appreciate it. I'll pull out my new phone and send a text message into the group chat. The hound is out and active again. I saw it take the DEA agent who arrested Alexia Preston. We need to start digging on the hound. It looks like she's sicking it on people, and that needs to be dealt with. Anyone have any information on Preston now that she's out and about in the world again? What the fu- I'm Tiana Hansen, and I play Rowan. I'm Seth Jones, and I play River. I'm Ben Sislowski, and I play Rooster. I'm Joseph Newman, and I play Ross. I'm Christy Bauer, and I play Reagan. I'm Dan Voshkevich, the Handler. Our story is based on the role-playing game Delta Green by Arc Dream Publishing. Delta Green is created by Dennis Detweiler, Adam Scott Glancy, and John Scott Tynes. Season 6 is based on two stories. The first is Reverberations by Shane Ivey, and the other is an original story by me, Dan Voshkevich. If you like our story, there are a few ways you can support us. First, you can check out our Patreon page, www.patreon.com slash theredactedreports. Patrons of our podcast will receive early access to episodes, Rowan's written reports for each story, as well as other goodies and opportunities exclusive to our patrons. We offer special thanks to our $20 and up patrons, Stephen Schwartz, Tom Padula, M.S. Asnikar, Heather Ney, Jen Obertaz, Jake Blair, Bomb Clancy, Kit Thompson, Danny, Lady Bedivere, Shrek Manning, Red Dead Coquette, Blardimus, Ginger Fury, Dr. Christian Lehman, Kate D.B., Mickey Maki, Robbie Nowell, Naya Fenris, J. Matthews85, O. Mateo, Flynn Gallagher, Phoenix Team Handler Dennis, Knitting Daddy Greg, Multicam Yeti, Scott Miller, and Rogue. If you can't support us directly, that's okay. Please support us by telling people about us. Leave a review wherever you get your podcast and follow us on all the usual social media sites. Also, check out our website, 
www.theredactedreportspodcast.com. All of our handouts are archived there. And if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can reach out to Agent Harker through the contact form there. The Redacted Reports is edited and produced by Tiana Hansen and is distributed by Quest and Chaos. If you like what you hear with us, give Quest and Chaos YouTube and Twitch channels a visit. They play Dungeons & Dragons and Call of Cthulhu on a weekly basis. Additional undercurrent music, Rowan Rising, was composed and orchestrated by Alan Strickland. You could find him at alanstrickland.net. That's Alan, A-L-L-E-N, for his classical compositions. Join us next week. Our own reality bends and shifts, molding the facades we carry daily into grotesque visions we can barely imagine. Echoes of the Monarch will take us beyond this industrial hellscape to a verdant valley filled with creeping horrors. The Grand Ball making ghouls of us all. <laughs>